No, it's all good. Uh, Zach got married yesterday, and just beautiful, um, just small ceremony, but just gorgeous weather outside, and everything went really well, and we're very honored and pleased to have a new addition to our family, and so God is, is just always doing good things. How many know that God is always doing good things? Isn't that awesome? I mean, when we are walking with God and he's just, you know, and there's times if if you've ever not walked with God, he's still with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He's still doing good things. A lot of times we just don't recognize it. And so we just need to recognize, God, you are so good. And we're just very thankful. We're excited about what the church is doing and where it's going and what God is doing. And how many like to, to go to movies? Anybody? I like to go to movies. How many like movie popcorn? How many of you are not telling me the truth? You go to movies and stuff. We're actually going to branch out here. We're going to do some things. And I don't see anybody else doing this. So I hope you're on board with it. If you're not, it's too late. I already signed the papers. Uh, but anyway, uh, you go to the movies. We're, you're gonna, I'm, I'm fixing all this up. I just told our dream team today. Uh, we're going to be advertising at the movie theater. And all of the seven cinemas out there at the mall will have a commercial for us. Uh, just promoting God. I mean, you know, it's going to promote, obviously, the church, but we just, we're promoting the kingdom. And that's what we're, you know, and if people would see that and they, they come to God and they go to another church, I'm okay with that. I just want to get the kingdom out there. But we're, we're going to be doing that to reach people. And so if you're like, oh, th- that means there'll be people in, in movies that may not be good. That's why we're reaching out. That's why Jesus was always going to the places that people were giving him a hard time about. But that's that's the people that need God. And, and I, you know, you can be in a good place. How many knows you still need God? We've got to quit judging people and we've got to just start walking the way we're supposed to walk. So we're going to be doing that. That's, that's exciting. And we're on the radio. You're hearing that. And uh, we're uh, going to be getting more nursery rooms and we're going to start doing some other things. And God's just moving and people are getting saved and we're excited. Uh, we're in the series, You Asked For It. And this is week three. This is going to be a, a good one. I mean, not that they're none of them. They're all good. I, I, I hope that you like them. <laughs> this one is spiritual warfare. This was number three on your list of, of what you're uh, wanting. Next week, we're going to talk about forgiveness. That's a good one, too. Uh, and so we just ranked those as they came in. But today's spiritual warfare, and uh, it, it's something we need to look at. So... I'm just, if you'll just bear with me, I mean, there's some stuff in here. Well, I'll get as much of this done. Hopefully I can get through the whole message. If not, we'll finish it next week. But I think I can, I can get this. Second uh, Corinthians 10, 4. Sound like I'm Adam 12, doesn't it? 10, 10, 4. You guys don't even know Adam 12 unless you're my age. <laughs> Who the heck's Adam 12? Is that a Bible reference? I'm not sure. <laughs> For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought. Turn to your neighbor and say every. You need to read this for what it is. I mean, every thought into captivity, into the obedience of Christ. I'm going to move on from that. You're seeing some spiritual warfare here. We're going to go right to Exodus 17, 8 through 13. You need to just kind of check out this story. And that's where we're going to relate what we're talking about today. Amalek came and fought with Israel and Repidim, I can't even say that word right, but I'll try it, Repidim, and Moses said to Joshua, choose us some men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him, fought with Amalek, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed, and when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hand became heavy 
So they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Have you ever felt like I have just uh, that life is throwing everything but the kitchen sink at you? Almost, you know, when it rains, it pours or here comes the kitchen sink. You know, all of that's happening. You feel like your theme song is nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows my sorrow. Let me even go a step further. Have you ever felt like there's a target on your back and it's a neon arrow pointing at you saying he's over here or she's over there? (laughs) Right there. Shoot, shoot now. Here's another question. You ever felt like this? It's not just natural. There is more going on here. This seems almost overwhelming, uncanny, too many hits at one time. I mean, it's just boom, boom, boom. And it doesn't almost, it's just not normal for the way it's happening. Sometimes it can almost be ridiculous. Have you ever felt that? Things are just happening like, oh man, and again, oh, and every time you turn around. Let me introduce you. You've just probably entered, I feel like Rod Sterling, you've just entered another dimension. (laughs) This is the spiritual warfare zone. Things are starting to happen or the enemy is really launching some attacks and you've entered a battlefield where all the battles you need to understand are won or lost. But thank God be to Jesus that he's already won the battle. Isn't that cool? We just have to yield to him and walk this thing out because you can be a victor every time. I'm going to say that one more time. You can be a victor every time because Christ already won. Real important that we understand that. So if we if you're going to yield to something. You better yield to Christ because he's already won. Go to the winning side. Brings us to our first point this morning. We are in a battle. So if we're going to talk about spiritual warfare, let's just be honest. We are in a battle. The truth is we're always in a battle. The truth is it's spiritual. And the truth is there's always enemies, demons that are at work trying to draw us away from God, trying to get you off your destiny, trying to get you off track, trying to get you to lose it, trying to get you to condemn yourself, trying to get you to live in regret, trying to destroy your family, trying to steal your health, trying to steal your peace, trying to steal your joy and ultimately kill you. John 10, 10 says it this way. The thief does not come. Listen to this, except to steal. Do you understand what we just read? Here's why he's coming. That's what it's saying. Here's here is the reason the enemy is coming to steal, to kill and to destroy. He has no other reason. There's nothing on his agenda except to demolish you. That's what he wants. He wants to put you six feet under. He doesn't care. He doesn't care anything about you. He doesn't care about your children. He doesn't care. He is a liar. The father of lies. And this is what happens way too much. He gets by with it. He gets by with it because we allow it. Now, remember, we've talked about God having all power. We just said Jesus already won. All power, Jesus said, was given to me. But he has given us the keys in Matthew to the kingdom and the authority. So you have the authority to use the power to win. That's what this is about. He gets by with it. The enemy does. And if he can get you to expend all of your energy on worry, fret, stuff, craziness, attacks, fighting, struggling, strife, warring in the flesh, 
then he can defeat you. I mean, he's already lost the war, but he'll win that battle if you let him. And you will live in a defeated, depressed mindset. Spiritual battles can never be won on natural ground. Spiritual battles can never be won on physical grounds with physical weapons. This would be like taking a knife to a gunfight. But here's the thing. We have to understand with God, I can do all things. With God, it's, it's possible because I believe. With God on my side, who could be against me? Our second point this morning is this. Spiritual battles must be fought with spiritual weapons. See, the problem is we try to win stuff or we try to fight things without the right tools. Now, I'm, you know, I'm certainly all dude. I'm a guy. But I'm telling you guys, if you work with anything with your hands and you're building anything, is it not so important, the tools? It's all about the tools. I mean, you can, hey, I need you to build that. Kim and I just built some shelves and I, the first thing I asked her, I said, I want to make sure whatever shelves you want. I don't know if I have the tools. Let me see what. So she explained what the shelf was. I can do that. We have the tools. And so we put those up. And so that, I mean, but that's in my mind, that's, that's what, that's like telling her, hey, I need you to go mop the floor in the kitchen, you know, and she, I don't have a mop. She'd have to be down there, Cinderella, Cinderella, night and day, it's Cinderella. You need tools. You need the right things. And I, I have mopped our floor before, but I never mop it as good as her. Just saying. Guys, we don't clean like women do, do we? We don't. You know you don't. If you get grease on the floor, you wait till it gels up so you can scrape it off, you know. Just saying. We, we dust around the things. She picks them all up, you know, that kind of stuff. Spiritual battles must be fought with spiritual weapons. Ephesians 6.12 is a familiar scripture. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You see, our battle, it's spiritual. Our warfare is spiritual. Your enemy, now listen to me, your enemy is not your neighbor. Your enemy is not the person that makes your life miserable. It's not your boss that is just terrible to you. It's not the IRS. It's not the DMV or the DHS. I think that is Department of Health Services. That's what I think the DHS is. I'm trying to remember what I... It's not Obamacare. It's not Hillary Clinton. Let's, let's just think of what's going on. Your enemy is not drugs. It's not alcohol. It's not nicotine. It's not homosexuality. It's not lesbianism. It's not fornication. It's not adultery. And your enemy is not sick, it's not disease, not poverty and lack. These all may be things that can be used against you, but they are just masks. Your enemy, my friend, and you know it, it is the enemy. It is the D-E-V-I-L. It is the devil and it is a spirit that is resting on different things and different people that is attacking you. It's a spiritual battle. Say amen to that. Because sometimes we get all, and this will tie in with next week, we get all upset at the person and literally they are just being used by a spirit. But there are things that need to be dealt with. The real enemy is the devil. The good news is 
We've been given spiritual weapons to fight this battle. Second Corinthians 10, three through five says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. You know what that's saying? We're human, but we're fighting this not with human stuff. That's what it's talking about. It's talking about your spiritual weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought. There's that word again into captivity to the obedience of Christ. It's saying that we are fighting this battle, but God is giving you the weapons that can win. He's going to give you things that you can pull those strongholds down and see exactly what it is that you're fighting against. Sometimes this is why things don't go away because we are aiming at the wrong thing. Are you with me? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see if I can see somebody out there that I can. Come here, Furman. Bring, bring this gentleman right beside you here. Okay. This is what I'm talking about. Okay, this... Right here, this man, awesome man, okay? He's awesome. Look at that. Woo! <laughs> I'm helping you out here. You should be thanking me. All right. Furman, you put your hands right here on his shoulders. Okay. Let's just say he's just, he's just misbehaving. He's being a real snot booger, okay? <laughs> okay, I was trying to help him, all right? But, but what? do is we'll pinpoint prayers on him and this is the snot booger that's on him he's been hurt or something that's boy that didn't come out right did it this is the sorry this is the spirit that's here let's stand sideways now you stand like this and you stand so they can see you. so what i'm saying is i can pray all day long about him and be like oh i'm telling you what oh. but what i need to be doing is praying this so whatever's happening that doesn't line up with the word of God, you pray against that. And when that happens, this breaks off. He's free and he begins to act different. And you just had a breakthrough because your warfare was answered because you targeted at the right thing. Give these guys a hand. <laughs> so let's go back to our scripture. Fight with Amalek. Note that Joshua and the children of Israel are in a very, they're, they're fighting. It's physical. There's a real fight going on. So they're doing stuff. I mean, there's a battle going on. The Amalekites are not imaginary, so they're real. And, and they have to know their stuff, you know, because they're, the enemy is coming. I'm telling you, sometimes we just think this is all like fairy stuff, you know, like it's just like the, you know, now I lay me down to sleep kind of thing. And that's not what we're talking about. This stuff is real. Some of you have been plagued with some stuff that has been going on for years. But I'm telling you, if I can get you to change your focus and change your sights on the right thing, you can be free. And you can see things and all of a sudden feel different and, and people will respond different and things will happen. This is really going on. So it symbolizes how the enemy uses the visible, the natural and the tangible things to war against us. He'll use people. He'll use things. Stuff will break down. Stuff will happen. And, you know, when stuff starts doing that, some things are in violation. And you got to go back and say, OK, I need to break that or I need to come against that. You, know, you can't do it in the physical. You have to do it in the spiritual. You have to begin to target. Now, and Furman is a great guy, so I don't mean, you know, Furman's not a snot booger. So when you leave, he's good. So if he comes up to shake your hand, don't go, uh-uh. Let me, let me see your hands first. 
But you have to understand, you know, you've got to start saying, all right, then I'm going to take authority and I'm going to fix that breach. I'm going to take care of that. Let me give you uh, an illustration. No doctor is going to examine somebody, diagnose them with cancer or with tuberculosis or some nasty disease, and then say to you, you know, it's a demon. Unless they're a spirit-filled doctor, but chances are they're not going to do that. They can't declare that legally because people will sue them for that. They can only see the natural. Have you ever went to a doctor? I mean, we got people in this building, in the service right now that the doctor said, you are not a candidate. You cannot be healed. It's not going to happen. Da, 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 da. And years later, they're sitting right back there. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying because the battle wasn't, this is what, you got to listen to what I'm saying. You can accept a natural diagnosis or you can accept one that exceeds whatever the natural says. Whatever is working there and say, you know what, whose report will you believe? This thing is spiritual. If you go around telling yourself, you know what, I'm never going to have anything. My dad never had anything. I'll never have anything. Chances are probably pretty good. You're not going to have anything because you are already speaking that spirit. And you're feeding that just like you're giving a kid Milky Ways. It's time you start starve the bad, feed the good. I'm going to feed the good things because whatever you starve dies, whatever you feed grows. I'm going to feed my spirit so that I grow and I can see things that I couldn't see before. Have you ever went back and you just took a break from something and and then you went back and saw something? You didn't even see it. There it is. I was staring at it for 20 minutes and I didn't even see it. Now you do. Kind of like that in the spirit. If you just let God help you, you'll see things that you couldn't see in the natural. (laughs) Now, diseases manifest in the natural, but I'm just telling you, sickness, all these things are, they're spiritual. And, you know, I've used this principle and it's not that I've never gotten sick or never been attacked or never had any muscle issues or anything like that. But I'm telling you, telling you and showing you what I'm showing you today, it has never lasted long because I attack it. True. I've been down sometimes, one time I was down weeks because I threw my back out. And I started using the principles I'm teaching you today. Two days, I was back up and running again. I was in pain, but I was up and running again. How many have ever played in pain before? Worked in pain. Lived in pain. And you just keep declaring. You say, does God want that? No, he doesn't. But I'm telling you, your word in that battle, you need to fight it. Sickness and disease came with the fall. Sin and sickness are the double curse. But the blood and the stripes are the double cure. We have Jesus and we got the double cure, the blood for our sins, the stripes for our sickness. Moses said, I'm going to stand at the top of the hill. So I started thinking about that. That, I think, is significant. If we look at a hill, what would the hill represent? I believe the hill would be prayer. I'm going to stand at the top. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. And here's a couple of reasons why I think a hill would almost be prayer. Prayer's hard work. I mean, if you're really going to go after something in the spiritual It's going to take some, you're going to have to believe it. You're going to have to put your hand to it. You're going to have to exercise your faith and pray against it. You know, because it's one thing to talk about it. It's a whole nother ball game to do it. That's like a kid, you know, and your kids, my dad bigger than your dad. My dad could whip your dad. You know, it's all good and, and all that. But if dad ain't there. 
But it's, you know, it's one thing then if you're like, and dad walks in the scene, then all of a sudden you got boldness. That's right. My dad's here now. What were you saying? So it's work. Secondly, because the mountain represents, actually, I believe that hill represents a higher viewpoint. Remember, I talked to you about perspective. You need to get God's viewpoint. You need to get what what is God seeing? What is he telling you? What does he see that you can't see? How many would believe that God can see some things you don't even see? He can tell what's going on. You can only see this far, but he can see way far away. He sees the whole the whole deal. The rod of God in my hand. So I started asking myself, what's the significance of having the rod of God? Here's a couple of reasons for that. I believe that rod that Moses was holding represents the word. The rod of God and the word of God. Because prayer receives its intensity and its power, listen to me, through the word of God. Prayer gets its gas, just like your car had gas to get here. You had to put it in your car. You can have a nice car, but if you won't put nothing in the tank, it just looks nice. That's nice, but it ain't going to take you nowhere. You see, if you don't pray, you don't have power. Because it is what puts that in there. That, that word is what receives the intensity. Jesus prayed the word all the time. He would say, it is written. He had to do spiritual warfare and he would just pray the word. Secondly, it represents the authority we have as the children of God. Jesus gave that authority to you. You know, I, I'm just saying, I've got men in the building. We've got women in the building. We've got kids in the building. But let's just say, we live in America that's free but if we needed and we had to group together and say, listen, we got to take care of things. We've lived in a society and in America that had some nasty things happen in 9-11. How many remember that? People had to take over a plane. Remember? They had to take over people that were there to crash and kill people. They ended up still losing their lives, but they took it over. They had the authority. My friends, are you going to let the enemy crash your plane? Will you, will you stand up and say, listen, but because people have given their life for your freedom, the authority is in our court. We, we have that. And so that is what happens. It represents our authority. When Moses' hands were raised, the rod of God, the children of Israel, they, they were winning. They prevailed. But when his hands got tired and they began to, to fall, then Amalek prevailed. So if you see the enemies gaining ground in your life, if you see, man, there's just, a, then I want you to listen. I want you to do this self-check here. Ask two questions to yourself. Number one, how's my prayer life? Number two, how's my word life? What's coming out of your mouth? What are you putting in? How many remember this? Garbage in, garbage out. Okay, you put in word, word out. You start saying, okay, how, am I praying? Am I, am I seeking the Lord? Am I spending time in the word? Am I listening to, to tapes? Am I, am I, you know, listening to preaching or, or just, you know, am I going place where I, I'm just filling, I'm saturating myself with this because listen, it's important because you will be ready. You know, I don't know of any enemy or any thief that says, Hey, listen, I'm going to come at 2am. Will you be up? Well, if he told you that, sure, you'd be up. But he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He doesn't alert you to his coming. You've got to be ready. I'm talking, when we're talking about prayer, I'm talking about serious prayer. Not, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep it. I don't want that kind of prayer. I don't want the cowardly lion prayer. I do, I do, I do, I do. I don't want that. 
Talking about real prayer, a prayer that's like, "Uh uh-uh, you are not coming in this house. Do you understand? You are not coming in this house. I mean, if there's things that are trying to get in your house, you must stand up and say, "Uh uh-uh, not on my watch. Serious word, not just reading a couple verses, Jesus wept. But really saying, you know what, what are you battling? What is coming against you spiritually that's coming against your children or whatever? Revelation 12, 11 says they overcame him by the, the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Jesus did it all the time. It is written. You better find yourself a word, not just any word. Find one that pertains to what you're dealing with. If you're sad, find some happy verses. If you're depressed, find some joyous verses. If you're poor, find some prosperity verses. But find some verses that you can say, you know what? I'm turning a corner here. I'm not going to be like that anymore because I've got God inside me. And he says, I win. And when you start getting the authority, you start exercising that. You start saying, you know what? Here's the line. I'm done. Have you ever get to the point where you're just done? I mean, I've got to the point I've had bullies come up to me and I'm like, hey, if you're going to do something, just do it because I'm done. I don't want to talk anymore. Make your move. Let's do if you want to dance. Let's dance. Whatever the case is. Get on with it. Are you done? Are you? I mean, I'm so tired of fiddling with you. And I, how many have ever played with the enemy before? I have. Stupid. And he's a liar and he'll he just he'll just mess with you. And if you're saying, oh, I've never done that. Listen. We've all probably like, OK. When I was a, even when I was a kid, you ever smell skunk? You can smell skunk before you ever see it. When you smell it, you start looking on the road. Where's he at? Where's he at? And when you find it, when I was a kid, my dad never pulled the car over. What do you think, son? Is that a skunk? Oh, boy, that's a skunk. Yeah, boy, that's a, yeah, that's a skunk, dad. You get near a skunk, you smell like a skunk. You get all that stinky stuff on you. That don't come off real easy. I'm just telling you, listen, the battle that we're fighting isn't physical, it's spiritual. And the sooner that we say, you know what, I'm done. I'm going to fight this thing, but I'm winning. I'm tired of, you know, you know how Muhammad Ali beat, I want to say Joe Frazier and, and Foreman. You know what he He practiced. These guys were powerful punchers. And he studied them and he thought to himself, how many remember what his technique was? Rope a dope. That's what Ali, this is what he figured. Now, now seriously, he sat in the and he just he let them guys punch at him for rounds upon rounds. You know, 15 rounds. I don't know. I can't even remember what. But he knocked them out. He let them wear themselves out. He his strategy was rope a dope. And then after they were tired and they were tired of swinging, he's like, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Mm-hmm. How would coast hell? You know. <laughs> but he won. What I'm telling you is, listen. Don't rope a dope with the enemy. Just punch him. Just get the word and just hit him right between the eyes. Jesus didn't say, well, listen, ooh, you come on. Come on. I mean, he, he's just going to use the word. And, and you need to do that, too. You need to just say, listen, I'm not going to dance with you right now. Let's just do that. You want to do this? I got weapons. I know they win. Let's go. And I'm telling you, when you take the authority, the enemy's just going to start backing up. Well, well, maybe we should think about this. Maybe I should just go away for a little while. Yeah, you should a long while. You got to take the authority. Jesus defeated the devil with it is written. And then he vocalized what it's written. 
It's not what is written that defeats the devil in your life. It's what's written that lives in your heart, fills your mouth. That's what defeats the devil. It's your belief system. It's your faith system. The sword of the spirit that defeats the devil. It's the word of God. Spoken authority from a believing heart. That's what defeats the devil. Yeah, I mean, just think about those sons of Sceva. Just think, you know, Paul, we know. Jesus, we know. Who are you? What do you know? Are you, have you been violated by the enemy by spiritual warfare? Then stand up and say, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to find me a word. I'm done. That's why I had you give your neighbor a high five and say, it's on. Because if you'll take back what the devil has stolen, I'm telling you, you're going to see a difference in your life. You're going to see a difference in your finances. You're going to see a difference in your family. You're going to see a difference in your joy level. You're going to rest better. You're going to be happier. The church and the cause of Christ advances in the earth realm through prayer. As the ark was carried upon the shoulders of the priest, God has committed his presence and power to the shoulders of praying saints. Remember, they brought the Ark of the Covenant back in. I'm just telling you, the people that pray, that's what's bringing that covenant back in. On praying ground, everyone is equal. The, the, I think that one of the highest callings, if not the highest, is not just the apostle, the prophet, the teacher, the evangelist, the pastor, the prayer warrior. The one that says, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to get God's will on this. I'm going to pray. It's prayer that makes the apostle, the prophet, the teacher, the pastor. Come on, somebody. It's somebody that says, you know what? I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I don't need a title. I, he's got all I need. It's through prayer that we put on and activate and hold every place of peace uh, with our Christian armor. It's prayer that keeps that breastplate of righteousness in place. That helmet of salvation that covers you. It is, it is prayer that keeps the belt of truth on you. Prayer that shod your feet with the gospel of peace. It's prayer that has the shield of faith that stops those fiery doors. It's prayer. It's the sword of the spirit. It's prayer that baptizes you. It's prayer, my friends. It's prayer. That's the warfare. We have to pray to beat the enemy. Ephesians 6.18 says this, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. There is no such thing as a victorious Christian without prayer. It is prayer where we get our mysteries revealed. It's in prayer that we get ideas and concepts that will change our current situation. It's in prayer that God downloads those mysteries to you. It's in prayer that you fellowship with the king of the universe. It's in prayer and by and through prayer that we wage war. It's through prayer that we receive our provisions for the battle. It's in prayer that we get closer to God. It's in the closet of prayer that we find the answers that we need and that our children are raised in a godly house. It's in prayer. It's in prayer. It's in prayer. You are not dressed until you've prayed. Before David defeated Goliath publicly, he'd already conquered the lion and the bear privately. That's the symbolic of a prayer life. It's what you do in, in private and then God will reward you openly. It's how you spend time with him. And people say, wow, that just happened. It just fell open. I'm telling you, nothing just happens when you walk with God. God has already ordained it. He exalts and he puts down. It is those that pray that he says, that's my boy. That's my girl. I'm going to bless them. I'm going to help them. I'm going to make that way straight. It happens in prayer. All public victory owes its accomplishment to private prayer. Your Christian life can be easily diagnosed by your prayer life. Your prayer life is a thermometer of your spiritual life. The real battle is spiritual and the greatest weapon in that battle is prayer. 
And it's not just any prayer that secures the hope and the help of Almighty God. James 5.16 says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. And you can say woman or as well availeth much. And effectual actually means powerful, full of power to achieve results. Fervent is to be hot, to boil. And it speaks of fervency of the spirit. I shouldn't have to see your church affiliation to know you're a Christian. I should be able to tell just by the spirit that just radiates out of your being by the anointing. Have you ever just met someone and you're like, they are a believer because you just see them or I've been in a restaurant and I'll see a family. They'll they'll pray before they get their food. And before I leave, sometimes I go over and say, you have a beautiful family. I appreciated you praying. I'm saying there's something about that that you need to understand. There's something about praying, that anointing that is released and that that drawing. Jesus, if we lift him up, the Bible says everybody will be drawn unto him. And how do we lift him up? We pray. It's not any old prayer that secures the victory, but the prayer of the righteous, the prayer of the fervent. A man of prayer said this once, as a painted fire is no fire, a dead man, no man. So a cold prayer is no prayer. See, in a painted fire, there's no heat. It's just paint on a canvas. A dead man, there's no life. So he really can't pray. In a cold prayer, there's no omnipotency. There's no devotion. There's no passion. There's no blessing. Cold prayer is arrows without heads, swords without edges, birds without wings. They're not any good. E.M. Bounds said this, two things God hates, insincerity and lukewarmness. I'll just put it the way I would put it, lack of heart and lack of heat. Do something. Get on fire for God, but don't just say, I'm just going to coast by. Don't be lukewarm. Be sincere and just, just do whatever God's telling you. God does nothing except answer in, or answer to prayer. Asking you shall receive. Seeking you'll find. Knocking it shall be opened to you. You have not because you ask not. When Moses' hands drop, the enemy gained the advantage. When your hands drop, Satan gains the advantage. If you let your guard down, he, he just, he's going to do just what he did with, with Christ, with Moses, whoever he can. Look at your own life. Ask yourself this question. Have I lost ground? If you've lost ground, you begin to go back to what we said. If the answer is yes, then it's maybe we need to pray more. That's where the real battle is. That's where it's won or lost. It's been said, he stands tallest who kneels the most. When Moses' hands dropped, the enemy gained the advantage. That tells me no matter how powerful you are, no matter how powerful or great you think you are, it brings us to our last point. We need help. We need help. His hands got heavy. He grew tired under the burden, under the weight, the need. He felt the weight of the burden. Have you ever been under a real prayer where you just felt, I'm just praying for something? I know sometimes my wife and I, She'll get a, a burden for something or I'll get a burden for something. It's just something that she, you know, you just got to pray it through. You got to just keep doing what God, I got to do this. He's asking me to do this. That's not bad. It's never a bad thing. It's a blessing, but it's just like, you know, that I've got to do this until this, till we see a breakthrough, till this is reached. But I don't believe we're ever meant to carry the load alone. Aaron and her became Moses's helpers in prayer. I know that we have helpers in this church. Scott just advertised for it on Saturdays at 10. We have people that pray at home. We feel those prayers. Those are awesome. People that pray here. We feel those prayers. Those are awesome. But, I, you know, when I'm here, 
I know there's people at home praying. I know there's people in other places. I have other connections that are praying for our church and for God to do and, and just have wonderful things happen. But when I'm, even when I'm here and, I, and, I, and I'm watching these warriors walk through these chairs, watching them cry out to God for His presence and for God to draw people unto Him and for powerful services, it does something. It begins to stir things in me like, God, I'm not, I'm not in this alone. I'm, I'm not the only one that cares. There are other people that said, this is my church. This is my home. And by Jimity, boy, there's a good one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray about it. I'm going to stand firm. You know, there's people that go back in that max and pray over every area and every game and everything for those kids back there. They go in the nursery. They pray over the nursery toys. They go around the parking lot. They pray over each spot. I mean, you, you don't have to do this by yourself. If we're going to win battles, we can't do it alone. We got to help each other. They took stones and they brought it out for Moses to sit on. And that, I think, represents a couple of things. It represents stabilizing, supporting, establishing strength. A stone, you know, is, is very strong and it's stable. And, you know, we built on the cornerstone on Jesus Christ. And then secondly, it represents rest. Because I'm just, I, I know from Kim and my, sometimes don't you feel like I'm just tired. Because the enemy, even when you're doing a good thing, will act like, you know, he'll try to tell you you're in this by yourself. Nobody else is going through what you're going through. Nobody else's kids are doing this. Nobody else is doing that. If the churches, all these other churches are doing this and that. I'm just telling you, we are not alone. You are not alone. And you can rest and you can take a break as you know that God is working in that situation. You can't quit fighting, but you don't have to do it all by yourself. 17 of Exodus 12 through 13, Moses' hands were heavy. They took a stone, put it under him. He sat there on and Aaron and her stayed up his hands, one on one side, one on the other. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. 13 says Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. The Bible says and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. His hands represent strength and spiritual power and affect the spiritual realm. And I believe that's the message God is trying to tell us today. He's trying to say, if you're fighting some things, maybe we could look at our prayer life. I know, and I'm not perfect. Please understand, I'm not trying to tell you I'm a spiritual giant. What I'm telling you is I have to do the same thing I'm telling you. And Kim and I have, you know, and on our devotion, she said, we need to pray maybe more in the spirit. We need to pray because in some areas, you know, you ever pray and you're like, I don't even get it. Lord, I don't even know what to do in this situation. But if you pray in the spirit, you see, the Bible says you pray perfectly. Can I just say that's probably the only time I'm ever doing anything perfect. I got to thinking about that. I'm just like, sometimes I want to be perfect and I want to say the perfect thing and I say it wrong. You know, if I'd be uh, my father-in-law, he'd say, get me forgived because I just I said it wrong. I didn't mean it that way, but I just said it wrong. But if I'm praying in the spirit, I'm praying. He's praying for me, with me. And he is taking all of that and he is meshing it together. So it's perfect when it reaches the destination. That's what I need. And if I can do that, if I can spend more time in prayer and God will download to me, do you know one idea, one concept could change everything for you? Could change, you know, could give you a new idea to, for a new job and all of a sudden I'd take off and <sighs> he could share with you something here. Here's where the leak is. Here's where the breach is. 
plug that. That's awesome. It's in those times that I pray in the spirit that he showed me like if I lost something where it was. And I'd see a picture of it and I could go find it. What's he telling you? I'm telling you we are not in a normal battle. So if you want to win at this and you want to see some changes, you're going to need to understand this is a spiritual battle and you need spiritual weapons. Bow your heads, please.